A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and behold, a Canaanite woman of that district came and called out, Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus did not say a word in answer to her. Jesus' disciples came and asked him, Send her away, for she keeps calling out to us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman came and did homage to Jesus, saying, Lord, help me. He said in reply, It is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She said, Please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Then Jesus said to her in reply, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And the woman's daughter was healed from that hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know if anybody here, if this is like the, your first time in a Catholic church or, or in a Christian uh, setting, but this is not the gospel I would have picked if, that, if I knew that. Now, it's the standard gospel for today uh, in all, all the Catholic churches. This isn't one that lends itself to welcome to the Catholic church and watch Jesus call this lady a dog. Okay, not what we're looking for as the, the introduction here. But that's what he did. And, and so this can be uh, something that we're going to need to, to wrestle with. It's, it's a disturbing gospel. First of all, he says something that appears to be a lie. I've only come to the lost sheep of, for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Well, we already know that that's not true. Was he lying? Was he, what, what's going on? What's the dynamic? And then he has this, this, these words that are uh, very, you could call them disrespectful uh, to, towards this lady. It's not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. Okay, what we don't have after this gospel passage is, after it's done, Jesus takes the disciples aside and says, gentlemen, okay, you remember how I said this and I didn't respond at the beginning and then, and then I did uh, do what she, well, this is what I was thinking and this is the way it works and that way you, can, you out can go out and do this. We don't have that for this gospel passage. He would do that in a couple other moments. He did that for the... The, the parable of the, the sower and the seeds, and, and there's a couple of other moments when he gave, a, gave an explanation, but we don't have that here, which means that we're supposed to be the ones that dig into this and try to figure this out. Was he in a bad mood? Was he, I don't know, just at wit's end that day? Maybe there's some attitude that she came at him and he responded poorly to that? We, it's, it's not written there like that. But this is part of scripture. This is part of the message that has been handed down to us for the last 2,000 years. So what we, what we need to do first of all is as we wrestle with this is to find out, okay, Lord, why are you acting the way you're acting here? 
He wants us to wrestle with it so that we can get some benefit from it. Sometimes he makes it explicit, sometimes he doesn't. And that not knowing is his inviting us to step forward and try to get to know him better, get to know ourselves better. So, okay, so how, how do you uh, tr interpret this? First of all, you, you, you've got, we have uh, 2,000 years worth of saints who've all wrestled with this too, and so you can go back and see what some of the church fathers have said, what other, uh, what other, what other preaching and traditions have come, come along with that. But the number one uh, interpretive key for reading any scripture is always make sure you're placing it in the full context of scripture, not just the, the context of what happened five minutes before and five minutes after. It's a classic mistake. Pull, pull out one line of scripture and then run with that and only that and forget the whole tapestry. Not good interpretation. That's kind of like a fundamentalist approach. You have to look in the context of Jesus' life, all four of the Gospels, and the fullness of those Gospels. So when Jesus is saying here that I've only come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel, it must be that he's trying to communicate something else other than I'm really not only here for a couple of you and not everybody. I mean, the, his death on the cross was for the salvation of all of us, not just the people of Israel. So unless, if that was the case, unless you've got Jewish blood, forget it, you're, you're, you're gone. You're not, you're not in, you're not included. This woman was a Canaanite as a pagan religion. It was, uh, they, uh, I didn't get a chance to read up a, a whole lot on the, the Canaanite religion, but they're, they're, they're worshiping idols. They're, it's just, it's kind of like a bad news, but yet she's coming to him. She doesn't have, she's not, she's not of the people of Israel. Yet she's coming to him. We also have more context, again, not just of the, the New Testament, also the Old Testament. We read in the first reading here from Isaiah, this would have been uh, like six to eight hundred years prior, foreigners will join themselves to the Lord. That's what she is. That's what we are. Ministering to him, loving the name of the Lord, becoming his servants. Them I will bring to my holy mountain and make joyful in my house of prayer. Jesus' rebuttal here is in the context of the fact that, no, he wants to bring the foreigners in. He wants everyone to receive this salvation. He wants everyone to be part of his royal, holy family. Okay, so that's context. That, that helps get us queued up. So obviously he's not trying to shove her away. That can't be the right answer. He's not trying to just put her off because he doesn't want her. That can't be the answer. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. So now, the best interpretation, though, Again, because we don't have a full one. And, and just, I was reading some church fathers yesterday just to kind of put some more context. Is that he is intending all along to give her the very thing, and he wants to give us the very, give her the very thing she is asking, but there is another step that she needs to make before she's ready to receive it or able to receive it. 
It's like he wants her to experience some resistance, some silence, a rebuke, to see, is she really in it for the right reasons? Is she really willing to lay down herself before the Lord? Is she really wanting just to receive, give herself to and receive the love of God? Or is she just in it for some kind of mercantile exchange? Well, I'll go up and ask, and then maybe I'll get what I want without any commitment to change on her part, without, without any growth on her part. Through this insult and her pushing through it, it's like she's peeling back the last tiny layers of any kind of pride that might, she might have of, okay, well, if you're going to insult me, forget it. I'm not interested in dealing with you. Or if you're not going to answer me the first time I ask, forget it. I'm, I'll go elsewhere. I'll go to one of these other religions. I'll go to the Zoroastrians, and maybe I can find some help over there. But it's like our Lord knew that that wasn't going to be her response. And so he's inviting her forward in her face. She's having to humble herself before the Lord. The, the, there's, it says the woman came. This is after he didn't even respond. The woman came and did him homage. In the, the Spanish translation, it talks about she prostrated himself before. She's, she's begging. She's laying herself down, knowing that the very thing, there's one place that she can receive what she needs for her daughter. It's not even for herself. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. She is living faith. She is exercising her faith. She's putting into action. She's asking. She's begging. And with her heart, with this last layer of her own maybe obstacles to recognizing him for who he really is and just going all in is peeled back and look how fast he gives her what she was wanting. Right away. Not, okay, go wash yourself in the Jordan seven times and then come back. Or, okay, go make a sacrifice and spend a, a year in pilgrimage and, and meanwhile I'll think about it. No, it's bam, right there in the moment. Oh, woman, great is your faith. He compliments her. He encourages her. And everybody else is hearing what he's saying to her. Guys, this is what it's like. That's faith. This applies to us, too. I think all of us will have at some moments in our life or currently have prayer petitions where we've they've been on our regular prayer, prayer list for some time now, and it seems like we're just getting silence from the Lord. He hasn't answered yet. Or the very thing that we're asking for, the flip opposite takes place, and it's almost like a or like a rejection, some kind of, uh, from, from the Lord. Almost like an insult. Lord, uh, I thought I made it pretty clear that what I was asking for this, yet this is the thing that came out. Um, wh where'd we go wrong? How'd we get sideways? Maybe I didn't make myself clear. Ah, forget it. I'm going to the Zoroastrians. Maybe he's not there. Maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he's not listening. I tell you, 
He is this close to giving you what you need. It might not be what you're asking for or what you want. He only has gifts of goodness and love that he wants to give all of us. But sometimes we have to go through this purification. Well, why am I asking this? Maybe I'm not really asking for the right thing, or maybe there's a bigger gift that he wants to give me that if he were to give me this smaller thing, I'd be all filled up and I wouldn't be interested in the better thing he has for me. Suffering, patience, waiting, is a very common instrument that he uses to purify our souls. Yes, we will love him when it's easy. Yes, we will love him when it's just showering blessing us. But will we will he love will we love him when it's just a little bit less? It's like he's asking us, will you still trust me now? Because he wants you to trust more. He wants you to believe more. And so, because then he, he might even lower it down a little bit more. And just like we're getting, receiving less, it's even more silence. It's even a little bit more of a rebuke. Will you still follow me now? Will you follow me when it's hard? Will you follow me when, when it involves suffering? I'm purifying your soul. I'm peeling back these layers of pride, of vanity, of sensuality, these things of the world that get in the way of the love that I want to pour into your heart and the graces and blessings that I want to pour into your heart. So this is what it seems that the Lord is up to in this gospel. And this is what it seems like he's up to with most of us a lot of the time. Sometimes he just answers our prayers straight up, right off, and there's no, there's no waiting, there's no trial, there's no, but, but other times it takes time. Be patient with the Lord. He is good. This is what he's done for us up there. The context of all the scripture points to the fact that he wants each and every one of us to be filled with joy, to, be, to bring us to his holy mountain of prayer, to make joyful in my, and to make joyful, to make us joyful in his house of prayer. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples, all of us. He wants all of us there. Just allow him to work and be patient with the Lord. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.